name of that song is House Party. The Giants have had a house party here lately, at least until yesterday. They had won 10 consecutive games. Uh, the Giants have also won 25 of their last 36 games since losing three straight in Arizona uh, the second weekend of May. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. The second-place Giants and the first-place Diamondbacks begin a three-game series tonight in San Francisco. We're now joined in the sports on uh, by uh, Brady Kopler of uh, McCovey Chronicles. And, Brady, always good to have you on the show. And uh, let's start with the Giants. Uh, are they a team on a hot streak, or are they a good team for the long haul this season? I think it's most likely that they're a good team for the long haul. Um, but I say that with a little hesitancy because this time last year they had a pretty decent record and then ended the season at 500. So, um, you know, since they don't have one of those superstars that a lot of the other good teams or great teams in the majors have, including, of course, the Diamondbacks, uh, it's a little bit harder to know for sure that it is going to be sustainable. Um, but to my eyes, everything they're doing is pretty sustainable. It's pretty well balanced. Um, this is much more the team that I expected them to be this year than the team that you saw the last time they played the Diamondbacks. So I, I think they are going to be a pretty good team from here on out. You might have just answered the next question with that answer, but have the last 35 games changed your opinion of the uh, 2023 Giants and and also how they might approach the trade deadline? Yeah, I think a little bit. You know, I, I was more optimistic about this team than – than a lot of people, but at the same time, the way that they've gotten there is a little bit different than I expected. Uh, they're very reliant on rookies, which I don't think many people saw. Um, right now, you know, their their two star rookies at the moment are catcher Patrick Bailey and center fielder Luis Matos. Uh, both of those players were struggling last year in high A. Um, opened the season having never played above high A having not looked particularly good last year, and now they're everyday players and two of the best players on the team. So the way that they have gotten here is surprising, even if the results are not as surprising to me as they are to other people. Um, and I think because of that, it, it does change the trade deadline equation a little bit, but it, it puts them in a place where I think they're, they're better equipped to make a run, which you would tend to think means that they're more likely to make a move. But at the same time, since all of their or a large amount of their contributions are coming from young players, I don't think that we're going to see them make a big move because usually the teams that make big moves at the deadline have to get rid of those young players. And I think right now this is more of a young team that has a lot of veterans that are helping the young players win than vice versa. So they don't have a lot of trading chips to use at the deadline because I don't think they're going to be interested in parting with any of their interesting prospects. We'll get to some of those young guys here momentarily, but I want to get your take on the National League West. You just watched the Dodgers uh, for three games in San, in uh, Los Angeles, three ga uh, four games against the Padres in San Francisco. Now you get to see the Diamondbacks again. So let's start uh, with the Giants uh, and uh, the, the, well, the, you know, the Giants and the Diamondbacks are actually ahead of the Dodgers and Padres. So let's let's start with. Uh, Actually, let's start with the Diamondbacks, and I'll get to the, uh, the Dodgers and the Padres in a minute. But the, uh, the Diamondbacks at forty-six and thirty, what's caught your eye about their uh, you know hot start after seventy-six games now? Yeah, the way it's all come together has been a little surprising for me. I thought they were going to have a good season, um, but I didn't think they were necessarily going to have a great season. 
and the way that that the team has really just kind of excelled in every area of the game and and you've seen players just reach heights that I didn't necessarily think they were going to reach um I've I've been a big Corbin Carroll fan since he was drafted but you know I didn't expect him to come flying out of the gates and be playing at an MVP level um Zach Gallen obviously just taking yet another step on what was already a very good career. Uh, to me, they're just a very well-balanced team that can beat you in so many different ways with so many different players who have kind of started to maybe reach the best version of themselves, which I think is always special when, when a team does that and you kind of get the best-case scenario. It's a lot of fun. Brady Klopfler of uh, McCovey Chronicles currently in the sports zone. Okay, the Giants recorded the rare road sweep of the now 41-33 and 33 Dodgers. Uh, are the Dodgers broken? I don't think so, but I do think, you know, this is not the same Dodgers team that they've been for the last eight years or so. And I think, you know, that was apparent a little bit in the offseason when they didn't make any huge moves um, and they didn't, they weren't really even rumored in any huge moves. And in fact, they let a few of their better players go. You know, they, they let Trey Turner go without really any offseason plans. Obviously, the injury to Gavin Lux messed things up for them there. But it was a very quiet offseason for them. And um, obviously, I think everyone is expecting that they had that quiet offseason to reset the tax penalties so that they can make a run at Shohei Otani next offseason. Uh, but we've grown so accustomed to the Dodgers being this unbeatable behemoth uh, that even after an offseason where they pretty clearly took a large step backwards, it's kind of shocking to see them not be that world-beating team anymore. But, you know, they are still comfortably above 500. They're still, I think, a, a very good team with a lot of very good players. Uh, I just don't think that they're that clear-cut great team best in the division anymore. And I think that's going to be the case for the rest of the season and if they don't make a big move next offseason I think that will probably be the case next year as well the 36 and 39 Padres you saw them the last four days why have they been so disappointing yeah that's that's a a funny team Uh, and I think you know fans will take oh you know non-Padres fans will take a lot of enjoyment in in seeing the Padres struggle so much after all of the moves that they've made to to try and shore up their lineup. Um, I think it's a few different things for the Padres. I think they're just not clicking. You know, this series against the Giants, they just had some stupid mistakes. You know, they had some base running errors by veteran players. Manny Machado had a play where he got thrown out trying to take third base on a fly out to left field. And you just, you just look and you go, what are you doing? And it's, yeah, it's just exactly. been what they've been doing all year, you know, and I think I think they're just in one of those ruts where that happens. And they're also just not a well-balanced team. You know, it's a team that already had Fernando Tatis Jr. and um, Ha Sung Kim, and what do they do with their $300 million in the offseason? They go and get another shortstop. Um, it's, it's just a weirdly balanced team. Their, their pitching is bizarre. They're top-heavy on offense, and it's just been a, a weird domino effect of players making dumb mistakes and uh, nothing's really working for them. But they do have a lot of talent, so I suspect they'll figure it out at some level. But I I think there is a a possibility that this is just the fourth best team in the division. 
Back to the Giants. Mike Yastrzemski left the Wednesday game with left, left uh, hamstring tightness, didn't play Thursday. Lamont Wade Jr. has had some uh, right side tightness. He's been out all week. Do you think we'll see uh, Yaz and Wade this weekend against the Diamondbacks? I definitely think we'll see Wade. Um, they said that he was available off the bench uh, for their game yesterday. So I would assume that he will be back, if not today, then probably tomorrow. I think that's probably the case with Yaz as well. Um, they've been pretty quick to put players on the injured list if their injuries look like they would keep them out for more than, you know, four or five days. And there really hasn't been any word about that happening with Yaz. So uh, I would assume that that they kind of dodged a bullet with both players. And I think we'll see Wade probably in the lineup tonight. And Yaz, if not tonight, then some point over the weekend. Yeah, Mitch Hanniger and Wilmer Flores, former, uh, a couple of former Diamondbacks, are on the injured list. What, what is their status moving forward? Flores is expected to be coming off the injured list as soon as he's as soon as his ten days are up. Um, very mild injury for him. Um, I think it was one of those ones where he probably didn't need to be out the whole ten days, but they didn't want to risk a roster spot, so he's he'll be back next week. Um, Hanniger is out for the long term. Um, He's been placed on the 60-day injury list. He uh, fractured his forearm, took a took a 88-mile-an-hour uh, pitch right off the forearm um, and fractured it, which was such a bummer because he had really just started to find his rhythm after starting the season injured, and he was really playing well. So he's on the 60-day. Um, the recovery timeline has him potentially being recovered and ready to start playing again late August. So if his recovery and rehab goes well, uh, there's definitely still a decent chance that he'll return this season and have a few weeks or even a month with the team. Um, but obviously, we all know that that those recoveries and rehabs aren't always smooth, so I think it's no sure thing that he'll be back this season. That dude's had horrible injury luck. Uh, he's a he good sure player has. when he's out there. Uh, amazing how many injuries he's had. All right, you mentioned some of the youngsters. You know, Schmidt and Bailey and Sable. You mentioned Mottos, Sean Jelly earlier this week. How important have those guys been to the uh, you know, the so-called youngsters, I guess, uh, to the recent resurgence of the Giants? They've been very important um, for a few reasons. First off, they've filled some holes that you know the team didn't necessarily know going into the season they needed hole. They needed filling. Um, Patrick Bailey in particular, you know, the Giants started the season with Joey Bart and Roberto Perez as their uh, catchers. Uh, Roberto Perez had a season-ending injury in the first week of the season, and Joey Bart has frankly been awful. Uh, And Patrick Bailey has been one of the best catchers in baseball since getting called up. So he's really filled a hole that needed filling. Uh, Luis Matos now the same. You know, Yastrzemski has had a few injuries. Austin Slater has had a few injuries. We just talked about Hanniger. That outfield has really been getting banged up, and now they have a player that they're able to plug into center field every day, and it's really just been really important patchwork. But I also think that they've put some spark and some life into the team. This is this is a team that may be very analytically minded, but they're also very old school in the sense that they're reliant on those kind of good clubhouse vibes players enjoying playing with each other, good chemistry. You can tell by the vibe in the clubhouse whether or not the team is going to be playing well or playing poorly. And the young players 
have provided some spark and some energy. And they also get along really well with these veterans, which you don't always see uh, with teams. And so there's really just so much more life and energy in the clubhouse and on the field than there was the last time the Giants and Diamondbacks were playing. Uh, and I think the youngsters deserve a lot of credit for that. So they've been a, a huge part of this season. You mentioned Joey Bart. Uh, obviously, has not lived up to expectations or anything close to it. Sent back to AAA. Are you surprised that it was he's been this bad? Is he broken, fixable? How would we describe what to look forward to, if anything, from him in, in the major league future, at least the media major league future? Yeah, I, I'm not surprised that it hasn't really worked out for him. Um, you know, he was. He was the last first-round pick by the Giants' old front office before Farhan Zaidi took over, uh, and his profile really just didn't fit with the profile that the new front office and brain trust likes. So I don't think it's particularly surprising that he hasn't worked out great. But at the same time, these, the struggles he has had are a little inexplicable. Um, it, if I'm remembering the number correctly, I believe that between – the majors and AAA, he now has 57 consecutive games without a home run. Um, wow. And this is a guy who, that, you know, that was his calling card offensively. He was a 60-grade power guy. It, the, the scouting report was always that he's going to have a lot of swing and miss. He's going to have a low batting average. Uh, but that he can hit enough home runs and play good enough defense that he'll still be a valuable player. And the defense is there, to be fair to him. He is a very, very good defensive player. The Everyone on the Giants loves pitching to him, loves the way he calls games, loves the way, loves the way he frames, loves the way he blocks balls. He's a very good defensive player. Um, but right now, he is his worst version of himself as a when it comes to striking out and also doesn't have any of the power to make up for that. So he's just not a playable offensive player. Um, so I don't think his story is done being written. I don't think he's in danger necessarily of being designated for assignment because you always need a little bit of catcher depth and you can do worse than a really good defensive catcher as your, you know, emergency option there. But if he doesn't find a way to either cut down on his strikeouts or find that power that he used to have, I would say that his time with the Giants is not going to extend beyond this season. Okay, the Giants on Saturday scheduled to use an opener. They're eight and three this season when using an opener. That's usually not a formula for a high winning percentage. So, how's Kapler and the and his coaching staff? How they've been so successful with the opener approach? Yeah, it, it's kind of funny because you know the Giants bullpen was horrendous for the first few weeks of the season. If you had told me, you know, in, in late April or early May that they were going to have so much success using openers, I would have been shocked because their bullpen was just throwing every game away at that point. Um, but it's been a few different things. Everyone in the bullpen has gotten a lot better, which is, I think, the biggest thing is they're just they're simply playing better. Um, but Kapler's really pushed the right buttons with who he uses for those long stretches. They have a large amount of players in their bullpen that are starting pitchers coming out of the bullpen. Got, you mentioned Sean Jelly earlier. They've got two other rookies who have been very impressive in Tristan Beck and Keaton Wynn. Uh, they've got Sean Manaya, who has been coming out of the, the bullpen, Jacob Junis. A lot of guys who can pitch three, four, five innings on any given night. 
and seem to do better when they're coming out of the bullpen rather than starting the game on the mound. And Kapler has done a really good job, I think, of pushing the right buttons and finding which player is going to fit into which matchup. And there's been a nice amount of flexibility by going with the opener instead of a set rotation where, you know, when you have a set rotation, you're pitching every five days, you're kind of forced into certain matchups and you might end up with your fourth or fifth starter pitching against a team that he doesn't profile to be good against. But it's the fifth day, so what are you going to do? And when you take this opener and bullpen game approach, you can kind of play with the pieces a little bit more and target the matchups a little bit more. And, and we've seen Kapler, I think, do a really good job with that. Okay, one thing they haven't excelled at is defense. In fact, they've been bad. Why has defense been this bad, and will the defense improve? Yeah, great question. And, and it is worth noting that for, for as not great as the defense is, it's leaps and bounds above what it was last year. So uh, <laughs> small, small victories for Giants fans there. Um, but, yeah, they've, they've, they've been kind of inexplicably bad because they don't really have any bad defensive players, per se. It just hasn't really quite worked out. Um, I think it starts with the defense where they've they, – I mean, with the outfield where they just haven't had reliably good defensive players. Um, you know, Mike Yastrzemski and Austin Slater have been splitting the platoon in center field, and both of them are good defensive players defensive outfielders, but not necessarily good center fielders. Um, and then you have Michael Conforto, who is not a very good defender in the corner. And Mitch Hanniger is now injured. He was, you know, kind of mediocre defensive player. So they just really didn't have any strength there. And now they're getting better there that they've added Luis Matos in center field. He's an excellent defensive player. And that allows Slater and Yastrzemski to move to a corner where they're a little bit better defensively. Um, Brandon Crawford, really slow out of the gates, was uncharacteristically poor defensively at shortstop, and um, now he's been getting better. So I think they're trending in the right direction, if for no other reason than the addition of the young players. Um, you know, Matos, Bailey, Schmidt, they're all really, really good defensive players, and they're taking some of those, some of that time away from players like Wilmer Flores, who isn't a very good defensive player. Um, but they're still a team that has an absence of great defenders, and I think in the majors right now, if you don't have multiple gold glovers across the diamond, you're just not going to be a good defensive team. All right. So last up, it is, I, I totally understand we're not even out of June yet, uh, but considering the reduced schedule with the you know, reduced as far as division games, is it crazy to say that this is a big series this weekend with the first place Diamondbacks and the second place Giants? No, I don't think that's crazy at all. I think it's, I think it is a big series, and uh, if for nothing else, I think it's big for both of those teams to just kind of gauge how well they're playing against the other top teams in the division. You know, early on for the Giants, they were, you know, they started season 6-13, and 13 and you could already look at the standings and go, wow, you need to really play well over the final 140 games if you want to even get into the wild card. And now they're in a position where, you know, if they sweep, they're a half game out of the division lead. Uh, but on the other hand, if they get swept, suddenly the idea of competing for the division looks pretty grim. And for the Diamondbacks, you you know, they've been fighting off the Padres and the Dodgers so well all year, and now you have a new team that's entered the fray and is, and is running 
running at them, and you kind of have a chance to prove to that team that you're still the top dog and, and that the division goes through you. So, you know, it's still a long season, but I would say that this is a significantly more important series than I think either of these franchises are used to playing in June. <laughs> totally agree with that. Brady, always good talking to you. We appreciate it. I'm sure we'll do it again. Thanks. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Brady Klopfer of uh, McCovey Chronicles.